Apple made changes to privacy, and that privacy broke a lot of ads. The path to success is paved with fear, doubt, anxiety, and failure. For some people, it's just too much. Others have the grit and determination to overcome. These are their stories. Welcome to the When It Worked podcast. I am your host, Julian Leahy. Julian Leahy here. Welcome to the When It Worked podcast. Today, I'm joined by Scott Ayres. Scott loves busting myths about social media marketing at the Social Media Lab, even if that means going against what he was taught in the past. And he does it all while looking like Beaker from the Muppets, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, and you'll get the impression when, when you see Scott on social media, he's very active and he wears this bright orange wig and a, like a lab coat. And I thought, wow, that's unusual. And then I thought that's instant, instant branding. And um, we're going to talk to Scott about that. Welcome to the show, Scott. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and Beaker, you know, when I was a kid, Beaker was one of my favorite Muppets. So. Me too. You know, it's uh, it's uh, he walked around, you know, me, 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 me. Yeah. You know, He's, I don't blow things up as much as he does, but um, yeah, he is a funny. It's not who he based the character on, but I do nothing at all. Just a coincidence. Ah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Beaker was always so stressed out. That's why I really felt for him. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know what he was doing most of the time. That's why. Who was the Actually, other? Guy? The other. Yeah, what was the? I don't remember the other guy's name. The, bald guy. The bald, like, the bald guy. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't have any eyes. Yeah, he just had glasses with no yeah, eyes. That's yeah. right. Yeah, great, great stuff. And um, Scott, tell us what you're doing. I had a look on your Facebook page. You've got quite a big Facebook page, quite a few followers, and you're doing lots of lives. What's that mm-hmm. all about? Yeah, so what I do, I mean, I work for a company called Agora Pulse. We're a social media management platform. And the Social Media Lab is has been my my baby um, for, gosh, four and a half years now. Um, I, I was hired on by Agora Pulse to start it and head it up and run it. And and what we do is our whole goal is to, to bust the myths, the rumors, and the stories of, of social media marketing with science. We use the scientific method to to test you know what other gurus and experts are saying uh, in podcasts or blogs or you know on stages and see if it really works or not um, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and we call it out if it doesn't uh, and we praise it if it does uh, but our whole goal was to we were seeing and I'd, I've been in the social media space for about 10 years working for a couple of different app companies and and I was guilty of this, where people just wrote a lot of stuff just to get traffic to their blog, oh. um, and nothing was really proven. It was more opinion mm. than anything. Like, here's the five best things you should post on Instagram. Well, I didn't know what it was. I just made it up, you know, or it or it looked good on paper, or I did it once and it did okay. Um, and so we we really sought out to kind of correct that and and do some things and test some of those weird little things. Like I have tested stuff like how many emojis to use, you know, on Instagram or Twitter or in your email subject lines, how many hashtags, where should you put the hashtags? And then we do a lot of ad, we're doing a lot more ad testing these days um, because the organic reach, as you know, on social is kind of meh. Speaking of emojis. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we've kind of switched up a little bit, but yeah, we do, we do a blog. We do, we do a podcast, um, a live video show, been doing a live video show for, Two and a half years. I'm about to reach my 100th episode on that show in two weeks, um, as of recording this. And then, you know, I was speaking at events, but you know, pre-COVID, mm. uh, I haven't been on a stage since 
late February of 2020. Are you secretly uh, enjoying that? Um, you, no, you yes and yes and no. I gotten used to because I, you know, for the last, for about a year or so, I started traveling once or twice a month and speaking, and kind of got used to it. My family got used to it. Um, my wife and three kids, and I kind of enjoyed a little bit of that alone time on the airplane and the hotel, and getting to meet a lot of people that I've, I've talked to online forever. Um, so now not being able to get in person, I've kind of missed that travel, and uh, I've done tons of virtual events, probably double the amount of virtual events that I did, you know, the previous year because you can do the virtual events so much quicker and easier. Um, but there's just something missing and lacking with virtual events. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you just don't get out. People kind of halfway pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, when you they go to unless, go they paid, unless they've paid for it, they don't really watch most of it. And then if um, they've paid for it, they're just thinking, what did I pay for this virtual online thing? <laughs> right. When it's an event, you feel like, yeah, I've, I'm at this hotel. I've paid for this. There's food. Right. This yeah, is, right. I'm going to pay It's an attention. experience. It's an experience that you remember in person where – most virtual events you have a hard time remembering that experience it's just oh yeah here's a, a video some guy made uh and i'll go watch it when i get time you know and so that's that's the downside of that for sure scott can i steer it back i want to um ask you about paid advertising and um, i'm hearing a lot of stuff about i don't know how much you work with facebook advertising mm-hmm but um, the the changes to iOS, and I've had all these people complaining, and they're saying yeah. my ads are not working. What's going on? Can you help me? And I say, man, I got no idea. I, I think <laughs> something bad has happened. Do you know anything about yeah, this? I know a little bit about it. I haven't dove into it completely. Luckily, you know, I've got a guy who does a lot of our ads for us now. Uh, but I had a guy, I had a, a gentleman on my live show yesterday, and we talked about this quite a bit. Um, Apple made changes to privacy and that privacy broke a lot of ads uh, and made ads really hard to um, retarget people that are using Apple devices and cost has gone through the roof. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, I, I don't know the exacts, I haven't seen, because it's so new, people are still trying to figure it out, but I know most people who have seen their ads at least go up 10x in costs their cpms their cpc their everything has gone up while their ctr is getting worse yes um at the same time and so there's it's you know it's one of those catch-22s it's one of those things where you know i i i get it i get the privacy side of it that they're trying to implement and we all want more privacy these days um but it's it's hurting marketers especially e-commerce um, it's making it harder for them to, to do what they were doing with the same, you know, uh, return on their investment uh, and profits. So I, it's going to be one of those things with slippery slopes and people have to figure it out. And I know our guy who's running our ads for, you know, for Agora Pulse, he's been trying to figure it out himself, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it's, it's tough because you're losing, you're not getting as many, as much response, you're not getting as many clicks. And then, you know, that cost going through the roof is going to hurt a lot of people. Uh, but again, I think sometimes it's a good thing when it comes back. You look at it a year later, you're like you know that's, that was probably fine. We got through it, um, and it was good for people in general. It's a good lesson, I think, that um, sometimes if something is working, we put all of our eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. and a lot of people got really dependent on Facebook ads. Oh, yeah. And yeah. some people that was their whole, that was all they were doing. And um, I said, <laughs> look, you you know what you need to do? You need to be creating content. And um, then you are in control 
of your own destiny basically and then you you know your ads will become better if you've got content as well because you can just put out content valuable content and then retarget that and um yeah the, we are a little bit too dependent i think on these things and we've got to we are create our own content like like what you do so you're doing what do you got you got a blog going on you got a youtube channel and you got a, an active facebook page that's all i've seen and you're saying you got instagram as well yeah, I mean, we do. I mean, the, the, the lab's kind of interesting. You know, we, we do have social media lab social accounts. I think you can find most of them. They're Agora Pulse Lab is usually the username for those. Um, they're kind of more of my testing ground quite a bit. Uh, I, I play around with them and neglect them more than anything because um, it's always fun to test different things and theories, you know, with these different accounts. Um, but yeah, social media is, is, is a pay to play at this period in time. Um, organic is, is just is just tough. So you're going to have to pay. And just like if I think about, you know, I was I had a local business where I'm at here in Texas and I could not get in the newspaper without paying for it. I couldn't put an ad in the paper and it was kind of expensive. Unless you it's got the arrested. same thing now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I get on the front. I get on the front page for that all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, you got to pay for the ad. The same thing with the billboard on the highway. Mm. You, you, those aren't free. So they're paying for it. Uh, and so I, I get it where all the social sites are trying to make every, the experience better for the users. Um, so it's more enjoyable and not like ad after ad after ad. Even though right now I feel like Facebook is ad after ad after ad uh, on my feed. Every three or four stories on my, ad, on my news feed is, is an ad. Um, at this stage, so I get it, but it's it's tough. So you've got to be creative, like you said. You got to create content. You've got to be good at Google. You've got to be good at Google Ads, even um, to drive traffic over you know to your to your website or your blog, and not just depend on you know rented land. Yes. How much content are you producing, Scott? That that varies. Um, right now, the lab itself. We, we typically will only publish when we have experiments, so once or twice per month, uh, as far as the actual blog content. Uh, live shows you know, are weekly, and that turn into a podcast um, as well, because we know podcasting is still in its infancy, um, and you know, it's another avenue for you to get in front of people and people to find you. So you know, we've actually got two podcasts now, one for the experiments and then one just for the audio uh, from my interviews, and I'm kind of backlogged on those uh, quite a bit. I'm trying to go back and do them now um, as we speak to try to catch up. Um, but yeah, that's typically what we'll do. There is is, is that, that's typically our our um, our cadence. Now our our main blog for Agora Pulse, they typically publish two to three times per week uh, on on that as well. And again, and, and we're and we're more right now on, on the main blog for Agora Pulse. We're we're focused on what you might call pillar pieces. I don't know if you've heard that term before, uh, but writing one big piece that's just massive about a subject and then having all these tiny little pieces that are pointing back to it and then that big one's pointing back to the little ones and, and Google really likes that. Um, so how are they pointing? Like how are the little pieces pointing to the big piece? Just, you know, just backlinks back over to it. You know, In the same you know, site? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Google likes that. They, the spiders crawl it and they go, oh, cool. There's another article that's referencing this. And there's some timing in that mm. you've got to figure out and and, see, you know, and make sure you're not doing, if you did it all at one time, it probably wouldn't help. Um, so you got to span it out over, you know, a few months or whatever. 
Um, but we've seen some really good success in those pillar pieces, and, and a lot of people are are seeing that that makes more sense. Like we backlink to ourselves a lot on our own yeah. blog put on website uh, because especially on a really high performing posts, you know, put some good backlinks to your newer content. Um, like an old post, old blog post. My most com- my most traffic blog post for the lab is about how to get hundred followers or a thousand followers in twenty four hours or something like that. And it's it's years old. It's like three years old or so, three or four. But I'm constantly going into it and linking to new posts related to Instagram um, because I know Google's going to see, hey, you're linking this this really high performing post is linking to this one. It must be good as well. Um, so that's something to kind of go back in your content and, and play around with. And uh, what about like, you know, these big long blog posts that you do, um, how are you having them in like dot form or with lots of headings or are they kind of uh, text-based? Yeah, we I like to mix it up. I think I think you should too because it's one, it helps with the eyeballs. You know, I think it's, I'm all about, you mentioned, of course, we're on a podcast so you can't see. I'm all about pattern interrupt, especially yeah. on live videos catch people's attention uh, that's why i wear the orange wig that's why if you watch a live show i've got stuff behind me it's flashing and all kinds of weird stuff i think a blog's the same if you scrolling through a blog and it's just the same all the time do heading heading two header threes do italics yeah, do yeah. bulleted list um it, the brain it tricks the brain to paying attention yes uh, a little bit 100%. differently throw in some images some, some throw in a video if you can get people to watch a, a video that's maybe two minutes long. Keep them on your on your blog post longer. That pushes you up in Google really easily. Yeah, um, and so, smart to do. So the people out there listening, um, you know, eyeballs. It's about it's about a lot of things that um, Scott has said, but also the amount of time people are reading and staying on your page. Google mm-hmm. is monitoring that, and it will um, very quickly uh, give you a better value towards your what you're posting. And they're really trying to. They're really good at weeding out um, all the people that are gaming the system, I think. Yeah. And um, also, if you've got a podcast linked on your uh, blog, Google. I've, I, my theory is that Google rates podcasts as as content creation. So it's um, what they are looking to reward. They're, they're, it's right. Not, you know, it's not automated rubbish. You can't automate it. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I like embedding you know a podcast on 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 every blog that I can because that again if I can perk you know peak your attention and get you to hit play and you stay there for a couple of minutes for one I'll get the download over to my stats for the podcast but that time on site just kicks in and makes it more authoritative if someone's bouncing within like five seconds that hurts you but if they stay for a couple of minutes. Um, that that you get rewarded for that down the road, so it's it's always smart to do that. As long as that content's related, you know, of course. Yeah. And, and, and you don't autoplay your podcast either. That's the worst. That's annoying. <laughs> I've, I've tried that before, just out of testing, because I always like testing. And man, I got so much like emails, like, "Why are you doing this?" Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just testing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially when you got a tab open and you don't know which one is making the noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not good. Um, the the pattern interrupt that really is something that interests me and um, I just finished writing a book about very similar type of thing about oh, wow. getting people's attention and it's purely surface level attention right and then you you build authority and um, you know you provide the value but I think a lot of people neglect that real eye candy 
attention mm. thing. Like, you know, you've got the orange hair and you've got on your blog, there's just all sorts of color and there's, there's videos there with thumbnails and there's, um, you know, and then you get people in and then you deliver your content that way. And have you got some stats on some of these things which are getting more engagement and um, how, what, describe well, some of the experiments. I'm interested in that. Yeah, I mean, as far as the pattern interrupt, I mean, it, it is something that if you do, if you look at YouTube, for example, you know, the, the, the most videos get viewed on YouTube because someone saw the thumbnail and it was enticing enough yeah. to, to tap on it, click on it, and watch it. The thumbnails are always so important for your blog posts and for your social media posts, wherever it's at. So anything you can do that looks different, stands out, is, you know, a little bit, you know, dare we say, you know, controversial or just weird, yeah. stands out. And so you want to do, you know, do those things and then have the good content hook with the title, the description, all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, as far as the experiments, um, you know, we've done a little bit of everything. You know, we, I tended to, it's kind of interesting in the beginning, four years or so ago, most of our tests were focused on Facebook because Facebook was still as hot as it was at that time. Um, and then we gravitated towards Instagram because Instagram got hotter and hotter. Uh, and then we did LinkedIn because LinkedIn got hotter. Twitter's kind of hung around. <laughs> uh, no one really knows what to Twitter's, do with Twitter yeah, half no the one, time. Marketing, it's not really... Um, it's it, harder because it's, it's, yeah. It's your, your shelf life of a post is like 30 seconds. Yeah, that's right. Um, they don't stick around. <laughs> and so it's, it, yeah, so we've done a lot of different experiments. And, and or, like I said, organic was our focus when we started. It was all about how can we get more organic reach and more engagement. And you still can do that. I do think um, smaller local businesses do best with organic on Facebook. Um, I've seen that. Like I help a local pizza restaurant out. With, with their social media, and they still crush it. Uh, where a large SaaS company, it's a global company like ours, we don't do great on our Facebook reach because we're not, we're not connected to the community um, you know, around it, and people don't know us as well when it comes to that. So I think local businesses, you still can do really, really well with Facebook organic reach. Um, you just got to be consistent and stuff. But so yeah, so Facebook organic was our big focus for a long time. Instagram has probably been the one that's probably... Like when I think about the the most questions and also the most hate email, <laughs> um, it's typically Instagram. Uh, because we had we had one big one for example that uh, was testing the theory of of should you put your hashtags in the the comments or put it in the original post. Um, there's a lot of people who've been you know telling everybody for years um, that you should. Always put it in the first comment. That way, you know it kind of hides it, you know, in the uh, on the post itself, and you know you don't, you know, people are like, it doesn't look as ugly. Yeah. There's a lot of big marketers in the social space have been teaching that. So I tested that, and come to find out, I mean, I got like I think it ended up being 29% higher reach on my Instagram post when I left the hashtags in the original post and, and instead of you know stuffing them into the comments um, and that's a huge difference that's a big amount and it's free that's free reach uh, and so that that's been probably the one that people are and I'm all, and I'm actually in the middle of retesting that one right now because it has I was going to ask you that yeah you if, if you retest it then you would know a hundred percent this is a thing 
Right, because that's the thing. And, and, you know, that's the thing too. Is you know the algorithms change constantly, um, and with, especially and you've been around for a while is also, you know the. Facebook and Instagram, which are really the same thing at this point, uh, but all Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, YouTube, they understand. They they know when marketers have figured out a way to trick the algorithm, um, and they'll catch on to it and they'll change the algorithm to start diminishing that sort of stuff. Uh, and so you got to kind of be on your toes a little bit to know when changes happen and see those trends. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't doubt that you know, and I'm in I'm in that. You know, you're talking about what I've tested. I'm kind of in a retesting phase this year, uh, where I, I, I'm trying to retest some old ones uh, every six weeks or so to test something old that was real popular to see if it still stands today, um, because so much has changed. Like Instagram, like when I ran this test on the on the comment, the hashtags and comments, there was no Instagram Reels, there was no IGTV. You know, those things have launched since then and changed everything. Um, even Instagram stories, which was around, are not doing as well now because I because of, of reels. Um, so you, you've got to constantly, you know, shift with the algorithms um, and, and see what's working, what's trending. But um, if you have social media and you're running a business, you've got to be testing all the time, um, trying new things. Don't get stuck in well, this worked three years ago, so I'm just going to keep posting this way, and you'll get passed up by your competition. So you've got to keep testing, testing, testing over and over. So what um, uh, what is the ideal client for Agora? Uh, for Agora Pulse, you know, our ideal client typically are agencies um, who are, are running uh, social media for, for clients. Like we just had a big yesterday actually as a recording this anyway uh we had what's called the agency summit uh we had about 20 different speakers and about 2500 people attend it was a virtual event uh all about agencies how to run your agency how to do pricing how to do this or that or how to find clients um those tend to be our our, our ideal customer um because you got multiple accounts now you know someone who's running their own business you know you can have use of it as well uh, but you know it tends to maybe not be as cost effective um, depending on how much you're posting, how much you need to do. But yeah, those who, who are either very large companies with a big team or an agency with clients tends to be the ideal customer that, that, that comes in and comes into a product like Agora Polls. And what do they do for them? Do they take over their whole social media or do they just yeah, tweak what it, what Yeah, what it does, I mean, it's a platform where, for one, you can schedule your posts. I mean, every social app you know tends to do that basic scheduling a post um so yeah we'll schedule your post but from there it's it's about reporting it's about managing your your incoming you know your comments your messages um your your facebook ad comments which you can't do anywhere else um you can actually manage your your comments on facebook ads inside of and then if you've got a team like if you think if you're let's say you're coca-cola I mean, their social is, you know, all over the place and so much coming in. They're probably a team of 15 or so. Um, so you can have different teams assigned to different things and different accounts, um, you know, different profiles. Um, you can do tracking. Like, you can go in and do a listening search. Like, let's say I wanted to listen to see if anybody on Twitter was mentioned in my brand or my competitors or a keyword. Like, I used to move cars for a living. I was an auto shipping broker. I could go in and just put a search for bought a new car 
you know, and I, I can go look at that on Twitter and see that such and such just bought a car on eBay. And I say, hey, if you need help moving that, I know how to transport that across the country for you. Um, and I'd get lots of business that way um, just by simply finding where people were talking or someone's complaining about your competition. That's a really cool way to do it. You know, see when someone's griping about your competition, say, hey, we got a cool resource for you. Um, that you might like to check out. Um, so there's lots of there's lots of stuff you can dive into, especially if, you, if you're an agency. Um, your clients want reports, and reports are always kind of hard to, to do. And we've got customizable reports that you can send over to them and make yourself look really smart uh, just by push the push <laughs> of a button. I knew all the agencies were doing this. Yeah, you push of a button, here you go. Um, you don't even have to even you know, put it all together yourself in an ugly spreadsheet. You can just send it all to them, but there's a lot more to it than that, of course. But, um, it, it saves people a lot of time, especially cause I can, I'm thinking like even right now I'm having to do a lot of stuff. If I, when I have to do stuff manually across about three or four different Facebook pages or Instagram accounts or Twitter accounts, that manual process is daunting. Um, and takes you all day and then you miss half of it where if you can do it all inside one app, and I just boom, 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 get through it, manage my inbox. Um, that that saves me so much time and hassle, especially when you got clients and you're scheduling content. You need to get approval on content. You can send it to them and say, hey, do you approve of this before I schedule it? Um, you can kind of do all that inside of, you know, of our app. Awesome. All right, well, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that Scott's doing with social media. If you want to check out Scott, on social media um, I'll leave all his details on the blog and um, you can follow Scott and check out some of the experiments he's doing and if you are if you have an agency and you want to get some access to some of this stuff uh, reach out to Scott Scott thanks very much for coming on that was really interesting I always like talking about this stuff and trying to get little nuggets of wisdom from social media experts yeah I appreciate you having me on and I'm sure you know my Texas accent and your uh, English accent will sound pretty interesting on a podcast. Uh, you know, <laughs> Scott, that was that's. Uh, I'm going to start calling you Canadian. <laughs> I, 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 not not England at all. Well, that's on, why I said English. I'll say that's I'll why. say on the on the arse end of the world, down under. Ah. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Okay, see, my apologies. See, I, Scott. I, I my, my family heritage is way back in Australia. Yeah. Oh, you're trying to suck up to me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no worries, I forgive you. Thanks, Scott. That's a good. See you, everyone. Right, thanks.